We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Live from Rob Dobbs on 801 North Hershey in Bloomington, this is the Illinois State Volleyball Coaches Show with Allie Matters on the Xfinity Mobile Redbirds Sports Network from Learfield. Now, here's the voice of the Redbirds, John Fitzgerald. And a very pleasant good evening, everybody, and welcome to Rob Dobbs at 801 North Hershey for the premiere edition of the Allie Matters Show. Oh, this is fun. I'm John Fitzgerald as we welcome in head volleyball coach at Illinois State University, now in her second year, Allie Matters. Hi, everybody. Thanks so much for coming. I appreciate it. <laughs> it was funny because I had, I called John earlier today, and his voicemail is his, like, commentator voice, even. <laughs> So he has a great voice for radio, so I'm really excited to have a show with and John. And I, I have a face for radio, too. It's my wife who's told me numerous right, times. Right, 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 right. So what do you want to talk about tonight? Volleyball and uh, Taylor Swift. <laughs> In what order, exactly? Uh, whatever you're up for first. Okay. Let's start with volleyball. Okay. Sounds good. You guys open conference play this past weekend at home. As a matter of fact... You will head on the road this weekend for yep. four consecutive matches over the next two weeks. Yep. And then you'll be back for a five-match homestand that's going to correspond with homecoming. But yep. through the non-conference portion of the season and the 
really two of the tougher teams in the Valley that you open conference play with this past yep. weekend. This has been a bear of a schedule to get you ready for the rigors of Valley play. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. We, our preseason was the third toughest um, in the Missouri Valley. And I didn't really know that when we put it together <laughs> on paper. Um, so we, you know, kind of put that together, wanting to challenge our team before uh, the Missouri Valley Conference play started. So I think that that was a huge piece for us. Uh, you know, we started off at Mizzou and played really, really well. Um, you know, we had our we went to Northwestern. We played Illinois. We had our home tournament. Um, you know, and then we ended at Green Bay and have been picking up speed ever since. And then, unfortunately, but fortunately for us, we got to play one and two um, in conference this past weekend. So I think for us to go on the road and, and play two really good teams um, again on the road, like you – that's the best part about the Missouri Valley is you really can't underestimate anyone. Already an opening weekend, teams beat teams on paper that weren't supposed to and vice versa. So uh, the Missouri Valley is very competitive and, and we're excited for this weekend's opponents. This is a season in year number two for you that yeah. the makeup of this ball club is still mm -hmm. kind of a ways away from your traditional every four yeah. years. You're losing recruits to graduation. Yeah. You're bringing in your classes. Yep. Obviously, went to the transfer portal. A lot of newcomers on this roster here. Yep. You got thrown to the Wolves right away, playing nine, that non-conference schedule. But yep. as you mentioned, you kind of picked up speed over the last couple of weeks. Yep. And this ball club's really starting to gel, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that, that those, you know, those relationships that, you know, you see two people that have been playing together for a really long time or six people. I mean, the pins that Drake had were a perfect example. I mean, both of those pins were graduate students. Um, so I think that for us, like the core identity of our program is sophomores. So I think that with that comes a lot of growing pains and, you know, they're, st they're still trying to figure themselves out in the game as well. And then we sprinkled in some graduate students and some transfers and some freshmen and all of that. I mean, we have to get 17 people, young women to gel together and to compete. And sometimes that's just easier said than done. And it, I think it's funny that fans probably think this way. Other coaches have too when they look at mm -hmm. rosters and where yep. somebody might have come for the level of success they had yep their players exist on paper with regard to stats right there's some good there's some bad yep but when you put them collectively on a team that's yep. a living breathing organism that those things on paper don't necessarily translate because right. they don't know who's to their right and who's to their left right. and have confidence in those players as right. well right yeah i think when you you know i you know, I had decisions to make when I left, um, you know, Wright State and I took the Illinois State job. And, you know, it was one of those things of like, who do you have an opportunity to bring with you? Or do you have incoming recruits that you want to bring? And I said that I, I brought two incoming freshmen with me that I'm like, I want to have a good program. I don't want to have a short term fix. I want long term. Um, so I think, yeah, I could have brought in a graduate student that was here for a year, but I brought two incoming freshmen with me that are now two of our best players and our quarterback and our best six rotation outside hitter. So, um, and even, you know, Kara Cooper that joined us this year, who's a graduate student. I mean, 
I didn't recruit her from the very, very start. And it's not teaching an old dog new tricks, but she's like, hey, this is the set I like. And I'm like, I think that's great. Let's do it. So I think it's hard to incorporate transfers into your system because they've brought, been brought up in a system that's completely different from your own. So those come that comes with the transition and growing pains as well. And Kara is kind of a perfect example of yep. a player who's really made strides and yes. started to show that in this past conference weekend yep. against Northern Iowa and Drake. Yeah, I think that you know, as coaches, we can only advocate so much and try to think of solutions so much for our athletes, especially athletes that are struggling in our system. And Kara has always been an athlete that if something doesn't feel right, if she wants to fix something, she is texting me, calling me up in the office. Um, She's like, hey, I want to get this right. I want to fix this, which that's the investment that we knew that she was going to put into our program during the recruiting process with her. Coming up on the show over the next 60 minutes, we will get to meet graduate transfer Kara Cooper, as well as sophomore setter Emily Weber. Our final segment, we will take questions for the head coach. (laughs) If they're good questions, if she likes them, and she's still in a good mood in 45 minutes, she might read them. But there are no cards and pens being passed around that feel free to write your Question down for Allie, and you drop them off up here at a commercial break at the table, and we will read those in our final segment. Well, let's talk about this opening weekend of conference play. It's mm-hmm. it's a bear of a conference that's been well-documented throughout the years in the Missouri Valley Conference. Yep. You started, as we said, with two of the top programs in the league, both Drake and Northern Iowa at home. Yep. And it was a difficult aspect, but still one that showed a lot of growth, I thought, this weekend. Yeah, I mean – Drake and you and I, I mean, they're, you and I showed us on Saturday exactly why they won a championship last year. Um, and I think Drake, I think they underestimated us uh, in that first set. And, you know, talking about growth, I think it's hard because, you know, when you're looking at a team or when you're wanting a team to do well or if you're a fan, you see growth or maybe success in the win and loss category. Like if you're doing well, you're winning, and if you're not, you're losing. Um, And for us, when we're trying to rebuild and we're trying to incorporate so many new pieces, we're looking for maybe small wins or small success, even if we don't necessarily win the entire match. Uh, So for us in that first set, we ran out of subs um, and we had Megan who doesn't play six rotations. She went back there on the service line. To be perfectly honest, my eyes were closed Um, and she serves balls every day in practice. And it was one of those things that I think two weeks before that, if she would have been in that situation, she probably would have missed her serve. But then two weeks in our environment and the growth that we're experiencing She puts that ball over the net twice, and on the last for set point, it's an ace. So, you know, again, you can go in the locker room after that match and say we didn't win, but Megan doing what she did in the first set is a win for us as a team, and that's what we need to focus on is those small victories. And then you take that into practice throughout the week, heading in, obviously, to this four-match road trip that's going to kick off this weekend. Yep. Yeah, I think that's kind of what we're working on in practice is – you know, someone had asked, like, how do you build team morale? Or, like, how do you how do you stay positive as a team if you're not winning? And, you know, th- that's a valid question. But for us, like, just because we aren't – maybe the result isn't exactly what we want. Like, we're back in the lab and we're working on things we need to work on so that every time we have an opportunity to compete, we're prepared. And that's what we're doing every day in practice is preparing for the next opponent. And I think even with video, probably you can look at – Yep things players were doing three, four weeks ago, or yep. even in camp that they yep. weren't accomplishing but are now, yep. 
that gives them confidence leading down the stretch here in conference yeah. play. Yeah, I think that there's certain, um, you know, we have a, you know, a recruiting, not a recruiting, a uh, video software that helps us like break down film. Um, and it shows when we have increases in offense, increase in defe- defensive touches, uh, increase in blocks, and all of our numbers are green right now. Everything is going up. So, Again, those are things that maybe our fans or even sometimes the team doesn't pay attention to is even though we aren't necessarily winning those matches, we are still growing in our offensive and defensive systems. With as many newcomers that were on the roster this year, especially either the transfers or the other freshmen, and a young nucleus that was returning, how has the gelling process been from a – team morale standpoint yeah I think for you know the the sophomores being our you know the core and the identity of the team coming back this year for summer they were like okay we did this last year we know what preseason is like you know we know what Allie and the staff wants to see and and what practice should sound like feel like look like so I think that that core group of sophomores being prepared this time around just like that gelling and you know that cultural piece came so much easier this year than it did last year at that time in July and as a result, I think this core group of sophomores that you have probably mm-hmm. has to act like upperclassmen a lot sooner than they might have to in other programs. Yeah, I have to remind myself of that all the time because I, sometimes I tell the sophomores, like, hey, I, I don't want to manage you guys. I want you off my plate. And sometimes Emily is looking at me like, I understand that you don't want to manage me, but I'm a sophomore, so you have to. <laughs> um, so I think we're, I'm constantly just not trying to get, you know, my athletes off my docket, but just being like, hey, you know what I'm looking for. I need you to handle that over there because something's smoking over here and I need to handle that over here. There's fire over there. Um, so I think it's just it's constant, you know, managing and growing and um, just building our culture. But I think this team in general, like culturally, is at such a better place now that everyone is familiar with their surroundings that we don't necessarily need to manage that cultural piece. Now we can just work on volleyball because that piece is already put together. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll have more with the head coach as the Alley Matters Show rolls on. Here from Rob Dobbs on Hershey in Bloomington right after this timeout on the Xfinity Mobile Redbird Sports Network from Learfield. I'm Bob Dobbsky, and I'm personally inviting you to come into Rob Dobbs Restaurant this week for lunch. Enjoy a delicious meal from the new Rob Dobbs lunch menu during your workday, and you don't have to worry about a long wait as we have plenty of seating. From our handcrafted burgers, specialty sandwiches, or variety of salads, you'll be ready to take on the rest of your day. And how long's the wait to be seated, Bob? Just a little, Jules. See our lunch menu when you visit robdobbsbn.com. Welcome back to the Alley Matters Show. We're here at Rob Dobbs, 801 North Hershey in Bloomington. Stop by Rob Dobbs all month long in the month of October. They have a special, authentic German menu through the month of October, as well as live polka every Thursday night. And so we bring back Alley Matters, head coach, someone who knows good polka when she sees it. (laughs) I was like, how'd you know I was Polish? You love a good polka. I can tell. <laughs> you do love Taylor Swift, though, you mentioned. I do. I do. What do you think about this whole thing? Um, they're definitely dating. I think that's apparent, yes. No. I, I have. People are saying it's a publicity stunt. Really? Yeah. I hadn't heard that. Yep. That's People... a whole different level. Yeah. Do you consider yourself a Swifty? Yes. You do? I do. Okay. If they're not dating. They are. 
Okay. If they are. <laughs> they are. <laughs> is it safe to say it's a ridiculous gamble on his part? No. How many people are going to go after him if this doesn't go well? I mean, a lot. A lot. <laughs> a lot. He is going to be a marked man. Yeah. However, his jersey sales have gone up quite a bit. 400%. Yeah. For, that is Swifties at work. 400%. And people are saying it's a publicity stunt to get women more interested in sports. And I'm like, really? Really? I had not I think, heard that I whole I think we're angle. all interested. I think we're good. But, yeah. So. Have you been to a Taylor Swift concert? Uh, I have. How many? Three. Okay. And I'm going next November, 2024. <laughs> that would be the definition of a Swifty. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Good for you. Mm-hmm. Little get to know me tidbit. Yeah. Okay. Now you know. Let's go back a little <laughs> bit since you didn't have a show in your inaugural year here at the helm. Yeah. Came over from Wright State, uh-huh. two-time Horizon League Coach of the Year. Took a program that was really struggling, for lack of a better word, maybe, before <laughs> you took over. Yeah. And really took that to incredible new successes, both in the NCAA tournament and obviously at the conference and the regional level. Mm-hmm. You have success there in your first day coaching job. Yep. What makes you make the move here and what makes Illinois State attractive at that point for you? Yeah, I think at uh, Wright State, I just felt that I had kind of accomplished everything that I possibly could there. Um, I think that they, you know, the way they funded, you know, their female sports in general was just something that we were just trying to grow, trying to grow, and we were fundraising, 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 but it was just not, I didn't think that the success that we had accomplished was sustainable. Um, But I mean, they gave me my first head coaching job. Like that is where I found out so much about myself, who I wanted to be as a head coach, uh, what a good culture looked like. And then how maybe with athletes that weren't as talented, let's say, or that had committed to a program that wasn't successful, like what you can do with good culture. So I think that, you know, when Illinois state called, Um, you know, talking to Leanna Bordner just about the vision and, you know, what the program had accomplished and how they fund and how they support female athletics and and all the Title IX talk and everything. I mean, I remember writing things down and Leanna was just talking, talking, talking. And I was just so like, and I I was trying not to get excited and I was trying not to smile kind of how I am right now. (laughs) Um, But I just was so like, oh my gosh, this is it. Um, so it was just, everyone says kind of when you go through the recruiting process of you're going to know, and it's going to be like a feeling. And then when you go through something like this, where I was kind of in the recruiting process, when I had that call with Leanna, I was like, if I get this job, I'm, I'm going, I wanted it bad. Your heart has a way of telling you what's right and what isn't, but you bring up a good point. Obviously the Valley step up from the horizon Mm -hmm. league, and you can, I think, extrapolate that all the way up to the highest of the power five. Yep. Culture is the base for whatever level you're at from a team-building standpoint. And that was something you had to do at Wright State as well, was inherit something that was slightly dysfunctional, both on the court and off the court, figure that out, and in short time, able to get that base set up to allow for success on the court. Yeah, yeah, I think that that culture is such a buzzword, you know, in athletics and within sports teams right now. And, you know, we talked to the team, like we had eight 
athletes in the gym this spring. Five of them were freshmen, of course. Um, and we just talked a lot about culture and we defined it as this is, it's simply, this is how we do things around here. Like this is how we talk to each other. This is how we act. This is how we encourage. Um, so I think just kind of redefining culture and what it meant for us was something that we've instilled moving forward. And it's, it's still like building, building now, like culture never stops. You know, it's not something that, you know, you're just like, oh, let's do this team building event and then you don't do it again. Like we're constantly doing things that build camaraderie and, you know, encourage good culture. I think people probably have this question a little bit too. Having coached myself, I think what our knowledge of culture building from mm-hmm. a team environment was yep. 10, 15 years ago, yep. to a certain extent has to be a lot different now yep. due to the portal and due to the things like that yep. where – people find it a little bit easier to jump ship when they yeah. face adversity. Yeah. How, how are those two kind of thought processes melded for you when you try to establish a culture? Yeah, I think that for like what we tell our athletes when we're preparing for a match or when I take a timeout and we're down, you know, 12 to 18 or something like that, you really can only control your controllables. You know, we talk to recruits all the time. If you want to go somewhere with a beach and palm trees – this conversation's kind of over, <laughs> you know? So there are certain things that we can control and there are certain things that we can't. Uh, so for us, like that cultural piece is, is something that we try to control as often as we can, you know? So I think for us and, and our athletes, and they can talk about that in a little bit, but I, the two hours that I work with my athletes in the gym every day, like I talk to them constantly outside of those hours constantly um in the morning in the afternoon at night like we're texting back and forth we're like it's just it's something that's beyond just the hours that you put in on the court you talk about culture being a buzzword these days in college athletics i think that's 100 percent true i think family gets overused quite a bit in collegiate athletics but in essence you are describing trying to create an environment that does fit the mold a little bit more of being a family yeah i think that i know you know as a head coach and especially as a female head coach and coaching young women that I have to be all of the things for them. You know, like I'm good cop. I'm bad cop when I have to be, um, you know, like I'm a mentor, I'm a role model, like who run the world girls. Like there's just so many things that I want to be for my young women. And, and they're gro- these four years right now are one of the most transformative influential times in their life. Um, and I know the kind of positive impact that I can have on those years. So that's something that it's a responsibility that I don't take lightly. Sometimes I lose sleep over it. Um, but I just think like if I'm doing the best I can to create an environment that they feel safe in and that they can take risks and grow in, I feel that with the portal, that I, I won't lose them if I treat them the way that they deserve to be treated while they're going through this crazy four years of college. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader, too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? 
Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. That kind of whole thought process of that collectively great environment, nurturing environment. Mm -hmm. You're giving it back a little bit, obviously, to the next generation. Yep. Probably you had mentors, though, who provided that for you. Who are some of those mentors in coaching? When did that itch for you to be a mentor to the next generation and continue in volleyball really start? Yeah, when I was – when I was playing, like growing up and, and being recruited, my Uncle Bob played volleyball at Penn State on the men's team, and my aunt played volleyball uh, at West Virginia. So I kind of got my love. You know, my mom played in high school. Um, my aunt's, like my grandma could like pepper back and forth with me for a little bit. Um, so it's just kind of in my blood. And then when I played at Seton Hall, I was it was my senior night, and I was thinking about going into pharmaceutical sales, which I think I would have done just fine with. Um, <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I can step away from this game. Like, I don't know if I can just hold my jersey and then just take off my knee pads and never talk or be around volleyball. Um, so I think I grew up, like, in that influence of my aunt and uncle, um, you know, and, like, it's just so crazy because I really – and still do looked up to Kathy George, who was at Michigan state, who's an alum of our program. Um, and just Ann Cordes that was at Louisville. So there were so many women in the game that I looked up to that. I hope I'm kind of following in their footsteps and creating paths for the next generation. And that is, and and I've seen quotes of yours before. I've heard you talk at times before. It's almost as important as winning, isn't it? To be that role model as, as a strong woman to provide that kind of mentorship for student athletes. Yep. Whether or not they're on your team or student-athletes in general, I think. Yeah, I think, and we kind of talk about it with our recruits when we're going through the process of if something goes on with them while they're on campus, whether it be physically, mentally, whatever it may be, like, yeah, they're going to call their parents and tell them what happened, but then they're going to call us. So I think that creating that environment and, like, our support staff at Illinois State within our department does such a great job of having so many resources for our student-athletes that they never are alone. So I think that, you know, that, that's that, that, that is that family atmosphere that we create, and, you know, we want them to feel safe. That helps when you talk to recruits on the phone, yeah. whether or not it's Zoom, whether or not it's phone call. Yeah. But it really comes into fruition when they start to be able to meet the student athletes who yep. live that day in, day out. Yep. And that whole kind of culture, it goes back to that whole culture message that yep. you're trying to sell. But that becomes a little bit more moving yeah. when it's something coming from your student athletes, I think. Yeah, and I think it's crazy, too, going through the recruiting process. You know, you're recruiting, like right now we're recruiting 2025s. So, you know, we're having conversations with them and, you know, I know what my athletes are going through now, but that isn't, that's beyond the age that you can talk about that stuff with recruits who are 15, 16 years old. So I'm like, so what do you like to do? You know, and they're like, oh, I like to be with my friends or like, I'm like, what kind of music are you like? You can't really get into the nitty gritty. And that's what's been so cool about you're like recruiting graduate students or transfers because now they're like, God, I wish I would have asked these questions the first time around and recruitment getting so early and so young. They just, they're like, yeah, I really want a family atmosphere. I'm like, you got it. Come on, come on in. You realize it will get, you're going to continue to get older and they're going to continue to get younger from recruiting standpoint. I don't think so. I don't think so. (laughs) We're going to have more. (laughs) 
on the Alley Matters show after this timeout. When we come back, it's time to visit with our student athlete, sophomore center, Emily Weber, and graduate transfer, Kara Cooper. They're going to come your way next as the Alley Matters show continues live from Rob Dobbs after this timeout on the Xfinity Mobile Redbird Sports Network from Learfield. Rob Dobbs Restaurant is known for prime ribs Friday through Sunday. I'm Bob Dobbsky, and I wanted to let you know that Rob Dobbs is open for lunch Monday through Sunday starting at 11 o'clock. I'd like to personally invite you to try one of our handcrafted burgers from our lunch menu. Skip the drive through and enjoy a delicious sit-down lunch this week at Rob Dobbs Restaurant. How long's the wait to be seated, Bob? Just a little, Jules. See our lunch menu when you bookmark robdobbsbn.com. Welcome back to Rob Dobbs, the Alley Matters Show. Here on a Thursday night, as we're now joined by a pair of Redbird volleyball players this evening. Emily Weber, sophomore. Go ahead and raise your hand. Oh, hi. <laughs> and graduate transfer, Kara Cooper. Transferred over from Valparaiso <laughs> University. Well, we've heard from Coach in the first two segments about team building, culture being a big part of this program. Emily, you played a lot last year as a true freshman. Maybe it wasn't the initial plan, but obviously got forced in, played 18 matches, had a lot of success. Kara, brand new, coming over. How has that transition been, both Emily, for you as somebody who's now just a sophomore but really a veteran member of this program, and Kara, after having a really successful career with the Crusaders up in Valparaiso, being a new member here and trying to kind of figure out a brand-new team dynamic? Yeah, so I don't feel like a sophomore sometimes, and then I get reminded whenever it's like, oh, that is a sophomore mistake. Whoopsies. <laughs> um <laughs> But I just think, like, this year, like, especially in the summer, like, everybody worked so hard to, like, make sure that, like, we were going to gel as best we can, like, coming into preseason when coaches could actually be around us. And, I mean, the amount of days spent at the pool was insane. I don't think I've ever been to a pool so much in my life. But, um, I honestly, it was the easiest team to gel with. I've, I've been on good teams, but, like, this team, it was just – you would be in a gym and it's like, wow, like I feel like I've known these people for years when it's like, in reality, I've known them for like a week. But I mean, even just like the grads and like all of our transfers, like everybody was just so like open to like the new experience and like getting to know everybody. And it wasn't like awkward. Like everybody was just like, okay, we're going to take it like one day at a time, kind of like make sure like everyone's on board. And then like, as soon as like everyone trusted each other, it was just like, we never looked back. Yeah, I was excited um, to, like, enter into a group with so many new people, like, being a transfer, not being, like, the only newbie. Um, and I didn't get to meet a lot of returners on my visit, but I love the coaches, and I just kind of trusted that all the girls were going to be easy to get along with, which they were. It was definitely a really smooth transition with the returners, and then the other two grad transfers, my roommates, and the rest of the girls. Um, yeah, it was just really easy to get along with everybody, and just made really good relationships, especially over the summer. You had great numbers at Valparaiso, as a matter of fact, led the program in kills last year. As you come into a new system, and I, I think this is just human nature to a certain extent, you're trying to prove yourself. Do you almost put too much pressure on yourself to come out of the shoot immediately and really perform at a high level? 
Yeah, that was definitely how I was feeling at the beginning of the season and just trying to like fit into the system and then I was like definitely struggling a lot in the earlier weeks of the season and then I went back and like watched some of my old film and I was like just kind of comparing like the tempo of the sets and stuff and I was like all right like I'm gonna like play to my strengths and like tell M like what I want and like what was like working for me at Valpo and like now like she's been a great setter like making those adjustments for me and like listening to my feedback and so we've really gotten a much better connection like over the last couple of weeks. And Emily you come into this weekend which is going to start at Murray State when you open this four game road trip as six in the valley and assists right now as you've gone through that you know you're a critical piece of this offense and you have different people who have different ways they want balls set certain directions certain specific things that they all want to be successful how do you even begin to filter through that oh god um (laughs) it's honestly quite challenging sometimes but like that's the role like that's my responsibility and I think like growing up I never understood it I was like that's kind of stupid like why (laughs) like you know adjust to me but like the older you get you're like okay like you know, this person needs a little bit of this, but, like, that's okay. Like, this person can take this. And so I just think, like, the older I get, like, it's easier to, like, see my hitter and be like, oh, that's what they need. And then I think that also, like, goes into practice. Like, each day, like, we work on connections. And I think, like, me and Kara is a great example. Like, in the season, like, beginning of season, we kind of struggled to, like, find our way together. But, um, like, as soon as I got a text from her, she was like, here's my old film. Like, can you watch it? And I, like, was like, oh, no, my God. No, I didn't say I sent her the clips. Look at the clips. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I sat there, and, like, I watched it. And then I went into Volumetrics, like, watched all of, like, our games that we played against them. And I was like, this is exactly like a hitter I used to have. So this is perfect. Like, I, I know this tempo. It's great. And we went into that practice, like, that week, and it was like, wow, like, this is so great for both of us. Like, we both can do it. And I think just, like, learning, like, each, like, hitter and, like, having, like, a trust with them is, like, the biggest, like, piece in it. Because it's, like, if one thing's, like, wrong, then, like, it's, like, we can have a conversation and be like, oh, okay. Like, that's my fault. Or they're like, hey, just a little bit of this, but, like, I need to do this. And it's like, okay, cool. Like, it's great. It's good you sent that tape over. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But you bring up a really good point. I mean... And I remember Coach Matters talking about this before we had the kickoff luncheon for football, was that obviously there's some newcomers on this roster, Mm -hmm. this team's got a build, but it really doesn't make a difference until we get into the heart of conference play and get into the conference tournament. Mm -hmm. And the way you guys have been progressing over the last couple of weeks, that's really still the goal in mind here, is, is make small steps, make small corrections, and then be able to hit the ground running come when you enter toward the end of October and November. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think we're doing a great job of that. I mean, like Coach Matters said, like, it's not, like, about the wins and losses. It's about the growth with, like, each, like, game we play. And I think as we continue to play together, like, each game, like, we're getting so much better. And I'm, I'm really excited for, like, the middle of conference and, like, the end. And I think our chances are really great to, like, get to the tournament. Yeah, and, like, it's important to think, too, like, you want to – play your best volleyball at the conference tournament so I think it's like encouraging that we're like going up like we're not like even close to our peak yet but like that's what we want right now is it a little bit easier for you coming in from a fellow conference school kind of knowing your way through the Missouri Valley Conference and just how competitive it is that's got to make it a little bit easier from a transition standpoint yeah definitely and that was like 
at first thinking about transferring in conference was like weird and then like taking a step back and realizing like this would be a really smooth transition like little things like being familiar like with the gym and then like being able to help the scout like from a different perspective like I've played against these teams for so many years um so I'm like excited to get more into conference and just you know use that to like, help the team my experience and stuff in the conference and you get another trip to Murray Kentucky this week yeah which can't wait can't wait I bet <laughs> You guys do play four straight matches on the road beginning this weekend, two of them with Murray State and Belmont this weekend, then a little bit closer back home. And then you got a five-match home stand. How difficult is playing on the road at this level? Um, I kind of like being on the road sometimes. Like when people have a big crowd on the road and you upset them there, like that's the best. But the trip like this weekend is long which is tough. Because you're playing back-to-back nights with travel in between. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, like, I don't mind playing on the road, personally. I am not the biggest fan. I personally (laughs) love Seth Hugh Arena, so it's, like, going away. I'm like, oh, we have such a nice arena. But I think just, like, the travel along with it is just, like, it makes it a little bit longer. But like Kara said, like, if, like, somebody in our conference has, like, a big, like, crowd. You're just like, oh, like, I'm so juiced to play here. Like, I want to beat you now. That definitely gets the energy going. But back-to-back Absolutely. nights for you guys, that that's a difficult endeavor to play on back-to-back nights, especially if there's a bus trip involved in between. Yeah, and I think that's, like, where it's especially important that we're still, like, taking care of our bodies on the road. Like, getting enough sleep and stretching definitely makes it easier. Now, Murray State's 2-0 and heading into this weekend. What do you guys know about the racers looking forward? Um, they have a pretty good libero. She's scrappy, so I think we're going to try to keep the ball away from her. And I think it's just important for us this weekend to focus on our side and, like, what we're doing. And continue to make strides like yeah. you have been. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you guys very much for coming in. Emily Weber. Kara Cooper, our guest here on the Alley Matters Show. We're going to take our final break. When we come back, we will take questions for Alley Matters from the crowd. If you haven't filled out a sheet as of yet, please feel free to do so. And Alley will read your questions on the air. As the Alley Matters Show continues here from Rob Dobbs right after this timeout on the Xfinity Mobile Rubber Sports Network from Learfield. I'm Bob Dobsky, and I'm personally inviting you to come into Rob Dobbs Restaurant this week for lunch. Enjoy a delicious meal from the new Rob Dobbs lunch menu during your workday, and you don't have to worry about a long wait as we have plenty of seating. From our handcrafted burgers, specialty sandwiches, or variety of salads, you'll be ready to take on the rest of your day. And how long's the wait to be seated, Bob? Just a little, Jules. See our lunch menu when you visit robdobbsbn.com. Welcome back to Rob Dobbs, the Alley Matters Show. Our final segment here tonight. Birds getting set for a four straight matches on the road. That's going to kick off this weekend on Friday night. They'll be at Murray State. And then on Saturday evening, they'll be in Nashville to take on the Belmont Bruins. Two weeks, though, they'll be back at SefQ Arena. It'll be a five-match homestand. That's all going to correspond with the kickoff of homecoming weekend. So it'll be Friday, October 13th. The Belmont Bruins make the return trip here to normal. It'll be blackout night, 6 o'clock the start time to kick off your homecoming weekend at SefQ Arena. That's Friday night, October 13th. It's now time to ask the head coach a question. 
Got a few to choose from tonight. We'll start with this one. What is your go-to fall Starbucks order and why? Okay, this might be disappointing, but I don't do fall drinks. I don't like pumpkin spice anything. Okay. I try. And I, I try, I try, I try it iced, I try it hot with cinnamon on top, lattes, Americanos, a little bit. Foam. Can't do it. Can't do it. Do you like pumpkin pie? Mm, no, not, not really. Not really. Okay. <laughs> what is your go-to Starbucks drink then? Um, a venti cold brew, two pumps of toffee, splash of almond milk, and vanilla sweet cream cold foam. Okay. Moving on. It's only $7.50. <laughs> and the cold foam adds $1.50. And I'm like, it's whipped cream. They can do it. I know. I pay it. Oh, you pay week. it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite thing about Illinois State slash Bloomington Normal? Uh, I, I know this might sound cliche and people are going to be like, it's because you're up here. But I just love the people. Everyone is nice. I spent a lot of time in New Jersey. Um, <laughs> I did. Enough said. <laughs> I did my undergrad, um, and I was an assistant at Seton Hall for six years. And when I, I felt like when I was in New Jersey, even people that were in, like, service, like, jobs, like, even, like, a waitress, like, still weren't very kind. Or I was like, hey, good morning. And one of my coworkers was like, what's so good about it? I'm like... <laughs> So I just love, and our recruits and our families talk about it all the time, that when we're out, either when we're in uptown or downtown or around campus, there isn't anyone that I'm like, God, I hope we don't run into those people. Or, like, just everyone has been so kind and welcoming, and I thought maybe it would fizzle out a little bit since this is my second year, but I feel like it's only grown. So it's probably my favorite thing. Midwesterners are kind of Yeah, it's genuine. a whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, what's your favorite restaurant? Rob Dobbs. Thank you. Good. <laughs> that was a test. I'm not going to lie. That was a test. Woo. What qualities in a recruit are the most important to you? Um, I think we always look for – I shouldn't say kids, but they're kids when we recruit them. Um, I think we always look for people that are super, super competitive. Um, and then for us, obviously, we – prefer our athletes, student athletes, to be good students, um, which is something the volleyball program has done very well with. And then also we watch when they leave the court or after the game, how they interact with their parents. You know, like, are they like chucking water bottles? I mean, sometimes <laughs> I want that kid. Um, but I just think we watch how they interact with their teammates, with their coaches. You know, when their coach is talking to them, are they nodding their head or are they you know, looking elsewhere. So I think those little intangible things are things that we look for more than their skill set. Final question tonight. Okay. Speaking of Taylor Swift, what era would you say you are in? Obviously my red era. Period. Mic drop. <laughs> Show's over. Thanks, everybody. The show is over. It is. It is. Oh, we'll talk about that. Somebody did write a question, what is your volleyball ick? Yeah. And I've been told that we're going to pause that until our next show in two weeks, when that is going to become a segment on the Alley Matters show. Can't wait. <laughs> so you, you have to come back <laughs> if you want to know the answer to that question. That will do it for our show tonight. I'd like to thank Kara Cooper.
Emily Weber, for being our guest. For head coach, Allie Matters. Thanks, everybody. Thanks to everybody here at Rob Dobbs. This has been the Allie Matters Show on the Xfinity Mobile Redbird Sports Network from Learfield. This has been the Illinois State Volleyball Coaches Show with Allie Matters. Live from Rob Dobbs on 801 North Hershey in Bloomington. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation on the Xfinity Mobile Redbird Sports Network. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. <laughs> AutoTrader.